The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, retold from the Mark Twain originals. Chapter 14, Huck's Confession. The king and the duke woke me up early the next morning. I could tell from the faces that there was trouble. Were in my room last night or not before? The king asked. No, your majesty, I said. Have you seen anybody else go in there? The duke asked. I pretended to think for a while and then told them I'd seen some of the slaves go into the king's room a few times. Both of them gave a little jump and looked like they had never expected that. Then their expressions changed and they looked like they had expected the slaves to take their money. Great guns, this is a go, the king said. Both of them looked pretty sick and silly. They stood there thinking and scratching their heads for a minute. Then the duke burst into a kind of a raspy little chuckle. They talked about how smart those slaves were. I asked if anything was wrong. Well, they got very mad asking me for that and for not telling them I'd seen the slaves going to the king's room. The slaves had left the house the day before when news had spread that the men were going to auction off all the property. I knew the two men didn't want me to tell the money was gone. They didn't think I knew how the money in the first place. They didn't think I knew any of the plans to rob the girls. The next day, I saw Mary Jane crying. When I went to talk to her, she told me that she was upset about leaving her home. She said she was excited to leave for England soon, but it made her sad to leave her home. Well, seeing her cry like that, and seeing that she believed those two frauds were really her uncles, I just couldn't keep lying to her. I've got to tell the truth, I said. You'll want to brace up, Miss Mary, because it's the bad kind. It's going to be hard to take, but there's no help for it. Those uncles of yours aren't uncles at all. They're a couple of frauds, regular deadbeats. This surprised her, of course, but I was over the worst of it now, so I went right along and told her every last detail. I described everything that had happened from the time we met that young fool on the steamboat clear through time when she hugged and kissed the king the day she met him. Then, with her face red like sunset, she stood up and said, That brute! Come, don't waste a minute, not a second. We'll have them tarred and feathered and flung into the river. Well, I said, it's a rough gang, those two frauds, and I've got to travel with them a while longer, whether I want to or not. I'd rather not tell you why. If you were to tell on them, this town will get me out of their claws. I'd be all right, but there's indeed another person that you don't know about him who'd be in big trouble. Well, we've got to save him, don't we? Of course. Well, then, we can't tell on them yet. Talking to her, I had an idea about how we could lose those two frauds. I asked Mary Jane to stay away from her friend's house, which was a few miles away, while I worked on my plan. Then she was to come back here. If I wasn't back by 11 o'clock, she was to tell everyone the truth about the king and the duke. After Mary Jane left, I went outside to where the auction was being held in the public square. It was late in the afternoon, and it took a long time to sell everything. The king kept giving speeches and interrupting the auctioneer while the duke pretended to talk in sign language. Eventually, they sold everything. Just as the auction was ending, 
A crowd came up by the steamboat dock. They were laughing, yelling, carrying on. Here's another set of hires to the old Peter Wilk fortune, they yelled. Two more brothers. The crowd was walking with an older gentleman, a nice-looking younger one. My soul, how the people yelled and laughed. I didn't see... I didn't see any joke about it. I thought surely the Cam Duke will get upset. But no, they just look at the newcomers. The king had a sad look on his face, as it made him sad to think there could be such frauds in the world. The nice old gentleman looked confused. When he spoke, I knew right away he had a real English accent. It was nothing like the king's fake one. There were a lot of arguments then. The newscomer said they were the real Harvey and William Wilkes. They had been held up in their journey here, and now they had to prove that they were telling the truth. The old doctor said he knew that the king and the duke were lying. He demanded that the $6,000 be returned. The king told him that the money was stolen by the slaves, who had since left town. At first, the town seemed divided between those who believed the king and the duke were really the Wilkes brothers and those who believed in the newcomers. But as they listened to the new, real brothers, more people started to realize who was telling the truth and who was lying. The king put on a good show, though. He answered every question so well that it was hard to prove he was lying. Finally, the old gentleman asked the king to describe a tattoo that was on the dead man's chest. The king said it was a tiny blue arrow. The older gentleman said that the, it was a man's initials, P.W. The doctor who had examined the body said he hadn't seen any tattoos. So everyone decided to dig up the grave and have a look at the body. That would decide once and for all who was telling the truth. I was scared now, I tell you, but there was no getting away. They held on to us and marched us to the graveyard. A lot of people started getting. Soon it got dark. The rain started and the wind swished along. Lightning came and the thunder boomed, but the people took no notice of it. Everyone was watching the grave. At last, they had the coffin out and began to open the lid. And someone yelled, There's a bag of golden hair! The man who was holding onto my wrist let go and moved closer to the coffin along with everyone else. Well, I started running as fast as I could. I ran back through the town through the rain. I couldn't see except when the lightning flashed. I ran and ran. Finally, I saw the river where Jim and the raft were hidden. When I jumped aboard, I said, Jim, get up. We have to leave now. Jim was happy to see me, and we were both happy to be rid of the king and the duke. In a few seconds, we were moving down the river, but I could hear something familiar. I listened and listened, and when the lightning flashed again, there they were. It was the king and the duke. They were in a canoe and rowing towards us as fast as they could. It was all I could do to keep from crying. They were mad at me for running away, but as they talked about how they escaped, they agreed I'd done the right thing. It turned out that they had also run when the crowd moved in to see if they had gold in the coffin. They were mad they had lost that money and couldn't figure out how it all got into the coffin. Then they accused one another of trying to steal it. 
When they finally went to sleep that night, I stayed up and told Jim everything that had happened. (laughs) 